Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Next week kicks off Media Literacy Week, a time to remember that not all we hear through the media is to be believed. It's up to us to separate wheat from chaff. And there's plenty to sift through with all the discussion about fake news and alternative facts. Let's talk about how to deal with it. Joining me in studio are Jessica Malomo, treasurer of the Gateway Media Literacy Partners, or GMLP. Art Silverblatt is Emeritus Professor of Media Communications at Webster University and Emeritus Board Member for GMLP. Deja Lawson, or Deja Lawson, I should say, is a Webster University student majoring in media communications. Thank you all for being with us. Great to have you. Thank Thank you. you. Yes, thank you. We live in interesting times, Art Silverblatt. We've had these conversations before, but having read some of the things you've written lately, uh, we are absolutely being overwhelmed with information. Why is that a bad thing? Well, as you say, it's it's been a long conversation, but I think people are really waking up to um, how – inundated we are and how uh, our attitudes have been uh, formed in many ways by uh, information that we're getting through the media. Uh, And um, so maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's time we wake up and become more vigilant. How do we wake up? Well, there are lots of approaches, a lot of strategies. The first thing is to uh, understand that we need to be. This is kind of like um, invasion of the body snatchers. You know, uh, the the pods are not going to hurt us if we know that they're there. Um, we just need to start paying attention uh, and know what to look for. It's kind of like proofreading. If you know what to look for, you'll find it. Jessica, how do we know what to look for? Well, there are there are a lot of ways. So, you know, I would I usually tell people who are new to the concept that like the first thing that you do is you ask yourself who created this message, why did they create it, where did this message come from, who's the audience. So there's there's a whole arsenal of questions that you can really quickly ask yourself and flesh out a lot of information. But where are the answers? How do we know the answers that we come up with are the right ones? You know, a lot of times, really, you can once you ask yourself the questions, sort of dovetailing off what Art just said. Once you ask yourself the questions, it becomes very clear. You know, why was this message created? Well, a lot of times, especially in our capitalist economy, it's because of money. It's because somebody's trying to make money. They're not necessarily looking out for our best interests. They're not necessarily trying to educate us. Um, It's not necessarily informative. It's meant to sell us something. So sometimes it is worth a Google search. Sometimes you have to dig a little deeper, and it takes some effort. Uh, It's true that, you know, you can't just take everything at face value, and you have to do some research sometimes. Uh, But I think a lot of it is really clear once you just start asking yourself. Deja, you're a young communications student at Webster University. Is this something that concerns you? Um, yes, it is very concerning being in this area nowadays because it's very hard to depict whether or not something is true. And when that's the case, a lot of children and young adults, it's very almost, I can't think of the word, uh, sorry. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yes, it's very overwhelming with how much media we intake and analyze and critically think about because not a lot of students do that. What what steps do you take? I, just like Jess said, think about who created it, what their goal of it is, whether it's advertising or informative, persuasive, whatever the message behind it is, um, what it makes me feel because that is a key component of that as well. And what I'm going to do with the information, whether it's useful or not. Mm -hmm. 
Art, uh, it occurs to me that this is uh, troublesome and difficult to uh, to do because so often with today's social media and the various means we have of, uh, of receiving information, we don't know who is behind it. I mean, you can do you can say things and report things anonymously. So where do you go from there? Well, you know, you have to assume responsibility. Um, you'll hear things from different uh, different sources, and you've got to begin to um, to track it down. Uh, you'll hear echoes from different places, and sometimes you have to work backwards. If you um, if we're hearing things from our president, for example, uh, where else is this coming from? And uh, it, it'll be surprising sometimes. And then you start googling where the sites are, and um, uh, and you know it's it it can be very revealing in that way. I think. Uh, um, you know, Deja's talking about the idea of affective response, you know, emotional reaction. How do they want you to be feeling uh, at certain points? You know, if they can, uh, if they can frighten you, they can get, they can, you know, uh, it's a way to manipulate attitudes and behaviors. Um, and so, you know, how are you supposed to be feeling at particular points? Why? I think that's a really good approach. Function. Who's, you know, what's the purpose of it? Why, why uh, um, uh, what are you supposed to be doing with it? Those are two very good keys, good ways to go. So much of your, what you're describing is such a big part of everyday life anymore. I mean, we're experiencing what you've just described every day and multiple times during the course of the day. Well, and that's why it's so, uh, um, uh, it's such a, a task. There are so many communicators, and uh, you know you have to develop an understanding and a trust with those people. There are so many, and sometimes, as you say, they're they're invisible. So you've got to compile your own sort of uh, um, list of people who uh, who you go to and whose work you um, respect. Uh, you, you really can't take. I think one of the real problems is uh, um, the fact that it makes you very cynical. Um, it's hard to you know I'll get uh, things, emails, requests for money from. Um, uh, from, uh, you know, sources I don't really know. Um, uh, maybe it's a, uh, something I'd like to give money to, but I can't be certain as who these people are. And it takes us a long time to research it. You know, if you've got somebody new that you want to uh, look into, uh, it requires a lot of effort. And so you've got to uh, understand that when you're, um, uh, when you're making your decisions. Jessica, this, it seems to me the situation is really complicated by the fact that, you know, Typically and normally, we would rely on radio or television or newspapers, but now we've got the whole social media thing out there, which right. certainly complicates any effort to uh, track down who's behind what. That is true. Uh, and, you know, as much as it, it is good to go and do a, a good Google search and take the time, sometimes you just can't figure it out. Sometimes, you know, the, the, it, the trail just goes cold and you just have to that's okay. You can use that as your own indicator that, well, at the very least, whoever is creating this message isn't being clear about who they are. So even though you can't find every little detail, um, and even though it does take some work, you can still get a lot of answers even from finding that there aren't answers. Uh, and I think it is really important to do this work sort of to to Art's point. I'm also seeing, I, I also teach at Webster as an adjunct, and I've just in the last few years seen a big difference in my students. Um, they start off Kind of like at first, a couple year, a couple few years ago, even they would start off believing everything, believing too much, and I'd have to teach them not to do that. Now it's kind of the reverse. Now I feel like I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to like push this term. I'm calling them media nihilists. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's the opposite. My students start off like nothing is real. I believe in nothing. All of it's fake. Everything's fake news, um, and e- e- each one is equally dangerous. I would say. So 
you know, it, it, it does take that work. You do have to not just flip through social media and believe everything you see on Facebook, but it's just as important to find out that not everything is fake as opposed to realizing that not everything is real. Je- uh, Deja, did uh, Jessica just describe you? Are you one of those <laughs> that feels that way? Uh, yes, especially with how fast things tend to spread now with social media. Um, like one person can post a very like fake article, fake picture, because things are easily manipulated now, and it will it will spread like wildfire. And easily, a lot of students and people in general will be affected by it. Where do you get most of your information? Is it mostly through through uh, social media? Um, a lot of my information does come from social media, but I make sure to double check my sources and follow up on who's posting it and how um, how reliable the source is mm-hmm. to verify what information I'm getting is true. Art, we've spent a little time talking about uh, social media and today's digital world. What about uh, some of the more traditional sources? And I'm thinking of television, of newspapers, and, and radio. Um, some of it is fairly easy to uh, to identify when you think of some of the cable networks, for instance. Uh, they're fairly clear on what their uh, what their political positions yeah. are. Well, what seems to be going on now in terms of information is we occupy these information silos, and they're they 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 stand next to each other. They never um, um, cross over. Uh, so people know more and more about less and less. They uh, uh, they adhere to the ideology of it. Um, but um, uh, so the people that watch uh, Fox News don't watch MSNBC, vice versa. And so, you know, the polarization that we have seen since the Civil War is still going on. We're st- uh, I have a friend, uh, Steve, Stefan Denson, who says that we're still fighting the uh, Civil War, and maybe we are in some respects. But it's not a geographical. It's a, it's a virtual um, north and south. Um, and um, so <laughs> – the fight is probably still still ongoing. So, your advice to to people, the, we consumers, or us consumer, what would what would your advice be to them aside from you know trying to determine uh, what what the source is when we're when we're thinking of outlets like cable, for instance? Would it be just to be sure that you you try all of the channels as opposed to just uh, staying with one? Well, I think it's good to uh, to dip your toe in the water um, and hear what other people are saying and what other points of view there are. There have got to be ways for people to connect. And I think what's interesting is that sometimes there are what I call affective narratives. Um, some of the conversations that we have where you do not connect with one another um, disputing the facts, uh, things are – we say in our family sometimes that things are never about what they're about. Um, so that you know, some of the conversations about racism in this country are really about cultural control. Now, they're talking about people who have uh, occupied a certain position of privilege, and how do you how do you live in a diverse world? Well, that's a conversation that you can have. Um, the issues about uh, about alt right are it can be problematic, but if you can dig underneath and find the points, uh, the the emotional centers, the things that people are are really concerned about, maybe you can begin to bridge some of those. Gaps. Yeah. I have to take a break. We'll do that now and come back and continue our conversation. We're talking about media literacy uh, during a time in which is probably more important than ever during this time of fake news and alternative facts. Come back uh, to uh, this in just a moment. Stay with us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. 
Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast supported by University College at Washington University with undergraduate and graduate programs part-time evening and online. University College at Washington University offering world-class education within reach. And welcome back to our conversation on media literacy. With me in studio are Jessica Palomo with Gateway Media Literacy Partners, Art Silverblatt, Emeritus Professor of Media Communications at Webster University, and Deja Lawson, Webster University student majoring in media communications. Jessica, let me come back to you. You were fairly animated when I mentioned to Art or asked Art whether people should be dipping their toes in the various cable waters. What are your thoughts on that? So I definitely espouse a balanced media literacy diet or balanced me- a balanced media diet, which is a term that art taught me when I was his student. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, you know, it's so, so we tend to, like he said, gravitate towards people and opinions and you know, pieces of media that agree with what we already believe. So that's called selective exposure. And we're all terrible, terribly guilty of this. Social media, I think, probably makes it worse, exacerbates it, but it's been around. Uh, you know, so if I'm flipping through my Facebook page, I'm going to think that everybody thinks like me because I've friended all people who think like me. Uh, if I only watch, a, you know, t- a cable TV news station that uh, you know has the, you know, that's espousing the beliefs that I already believe, I'm just going to think that I'm right. It's not going to make me question my understanding of reality. It's not going <clears> to <throat> do any good in crossing over and having a dialogue with people who think differently from me. Uh, and like I said, we're all guilty of this. So, it, you know, I think there, there is a lot of benefit to watching Fox News, watching MSNBC, watching everything in between, doing TV, radio, different, all different types of media, because you'll get different messages depending on what form of media you're consuming. Um, and that will give you not only a better understanding of reality, but it gives you the ability to have a dialogue with somebody who thinks very differently from you. And I think we're all, we've all gotten really bad at that. Deja Lawson, do you have conversations like this with your friends? You're, you're younger than anybody else at this, uh, at this table, I would say. Uh, are, are young people, your peers, your colleagues uh, concerned about this? Yes, very often, actually. Yeah. Uh, my friends will message me, maybe like a thread or like a post, and I'll just look at them like, do you know if this is true? Like, I'll have to ask them because they don't know how to yet. And it's very important that I try to spread the word of it because a lot of the people that I interact with on a daily aren't as aware as they should be, and it's becoming very difficult. Do you think there should be more control over social media? Um, That's kind of a difficult question, but in a way, yes, because there should be more control of it so that way we can receive what we're actually supposed to be getting, like the facts Mm -hmm. and the information. But there's also the freedom of people posting what they want, and it often gets mixed together, and it's hard for us to differentiate between um, our opinions and the actual facts. What do you think, Art? Is it uh, time do we start considering some sort of controls? Over uh, our, our media, and I think primarily of the, of the digital world right, right now, social media. Well, it, that comes with a, a, a bunch of problems, right, um, of and uh, uh, I'm not so sure. You know, it, in many ways, what we're experiencing is the American character. We pretend that we're not, but, you know, the media is a text that reflects cultural attitudes and values, behaviors. You know, if we didn't uh, have a certain um, 
uh, connection with mediated violence, if we didn't have a certain attitude, uh, we wouldn't watch that stuff. And um, so when uh, Donald Trump is uh, doing his um, body slam pantomime and people cheer, um, that's Americana. I, I, hate to, I hate to say it, but that's who we are. We need to confront who we are. The media is not making this stuff up. The people that are doing the, the, uh, the Russian hackers are tapping into uh, fissures that are already there in the American character. And we can use this as a, a teachable moment uh, maybe to uh, – uh, look at ourselves and, and try to improve that American character or not. But I think that uh, um, imposing regulations is uh, fraught with danger. We had talked, Jessica, earlier about being skeptical of, of everything. Yes. But, you know, a lot, a lot of people who are consumers of this uh, are not skeptical. They love what they're hearing. And it may, it may be false and they don't know it, but they like what they're hearing. So they're not going to challenge anything. That, that's probably true. I mean, I'm sure it's true. Um, but those are the people that love their, their filter bubbles or their, that, that really love that selective exposure and don't want to feel that cognitive dissonance, which is what happens when you talk to somebody or, or talk to somebody who thinks differently than you or you hear a message that doesn't jibe with your understanding of reality. So, And that, that's the more comfortable state of existence to be in is to not feel that cognitive dissonance and to stay in your own little bubble. Uh, and those people, I think, are the ones that need to be reached the most, but they're probably also the hardest to reach. Yeah, I would be interested in how you think they could be reached uh, under what kinds of circumstances. So um, <laughs> a very careful, thoughtful, sometimes painful dialogue that is some, you know, it's one at a time, really. Um, I'm kind of unusual, I guess, in that I will not exactly pick a fight on Facebook because that's not unusual, but to really delve deep with somebody who thinks very differently from me, who comes at and posts on my on my page and very thinks I'm very, very wrong. And I have had po- very positive experiences with people. If you just, re- you really take, like I said, it takes a lot of work, a lot of emotional effort. It feels uncomfortable for me too because I feel cognitive dissonance too while I'm doing it. Uh, but I've seen progress and it's, it's slow and painstaking, but I, I think it's the only way. And if we all start having those dialogues, then it will be all the better. Art Silverblatt, what do you think about those people who are perfectly happy with the information they're getting, well, whether it's right or wrong? You know, what I, what I would do is I would make the following argument. I would really say that there's one thing that we, regardless of, of – um, Sphere. Uh, the one thing we agree on is that this is a very important time, and this is something that we um, we all care about uh, this particular moment, and that we're we're a fair people. Um, I think Americans, um, uh, if if we agree that we should hit the reset button and we should start looking at the information as information and be convinced, start to get rid of your preconceptions from both sides and see where it takes you. Uh, you may be uncomfortable getting there, but if people can make a commitment to respect that and respect each other, perhaps that's that's the way to go forward. Um, sort of work from points of commonality than uh, rather than distance. Any thought, Deja? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I agree with what Art said because it's it's very important for us to just take the information and obtain like what we're supposed to get from it. Mm-hmm. What about other sources for uh, trying to verify what uh, we're seeing and hearing? I think of things, uh, Jessica, I'll put this to you, things like Snopes, for instance, on, uh, and, and other, 
other fact-checking uh, uh, services on the on the internet. What do you make of those? Can, can they who who fact checks the fact, the fact checkers? checkers. <laughs> that's a that's a good question to ask yeah. yourself because it's a piece of media too, and somebody wrote it, and that person is not you know totally objective. They have their own biases, uh, but places like Snopes are a good place to start. Um, I don't know if there's any one resource that I would say go here. They have the truth. Uh, I'd say that there are a few places like that you can over time you you know after lots of consuming the media that one outlet is producing, you understand their perspective and you feel like that you have a good understanding of their their position and that can be a good place to start and, and form an opinion from. And, you know, not not to, you know, flatter you, but NPR is definitely one for me where I can at least start and be like, okay, well, this is a good starting point. It might not be the entire truth. It might have its own perspective, but I can start here and then I can sort of branch out and see what other opinions might affect my understanding of the story. Art, it, it takes a lot of energy to do what uh, you and Jessica and uh, Deja are talking about, a whole lot of energy. And, you know, people are so preoccupied with other things today. My concern would be that uh, they're not going to take the time or the trouble to to uh, to do this, to do the kind of work that you're suggesting. Yeah, and that's – look where we are. Um, you know, it, I, in a way, I think democracy is something that's an earned right. Um, and media literacy is something that uh, is a piece of it. Um, media literacy is also, by the way, a very important critical thinking tool and um, that we apply to the source of most of our information, that being the media. And so uh, the study of uh, media literacy is a good way to, for us to um, to develop uh, our sensibilities so that we can make sense of the world around us, our environment. Um, and uh, um, really, I think one of the things, and I think Deja uh, is a good case in point, it's fun. It's really – it's very energizing to feel like you're um, uh, not being played by the media, that you, you are media literati. You know, the people that are, are our students love it. Uh, they enjoy the fact that they can um, uh, come to terms with uh, the way that the world is through the media, um, maybe develop um, uh, a better understanding as a result. How do you feel about that, Deja? Yes, I definitely agree yeah. because with the understanding and having the skill of media literacy, it – it is fun, and it's also very – it makes me more comfortable with facing all of what I'm receiving every day, mm. whether I'm watching TV <clears throat> or on social media, which is a big part of that, and listening to the radio. All of what I'm doing, I can comfortably analyze and determine what I, I'm actually getting from it. You know, uh, you, you've really not known any other world but this digital world. I mean, you've grown exactly. up with this technology. Uh, where do you see it going? Do you, I mean, what would you like to see uh, it develop? How would you like to see it develop? Mm -hmm. I would like to see it develop in a very useful and effective way, like um, people not using media and technology for manipulation and toxicness <laughs> but so it can help everyone as a whole so we can all gain something from what we should all be receiving but then the question is how art again <laughs> that's it we keep coming back yeah. to that well we know there, what we'd like but how do we get there well there are many tools that you can use we've talked about some affective response is a good one um uh, that you can apply you can look at the function of things worldview Ask yourself, what kind of world is being depicted through the media? 
Um, who occupies this world? What is their belief system? Is it an optimistic or a pessimistic view of life? Um, what are the measures of, of, of success and failure? Um, you look at the world as, uh, um, through that lens, and maybe um, you'll have a better understanding of the world that's being brought to us. There are numbers of different approaches, and we we encourage you to um, study media literacy. I would also say that media literacy education should not simply be for uh, school age folks. Um, it, it, uh, there are um, oasis. There are other um, avenues uh, for media literacy. Older people are are uh, very interested in this field. Um, we can teach this. I've taught third graders about uh, media literacy from a production uh, point of view. They understand what uh, different colors signify and and different um, soundtracks. Uh, it's amazing. It's not rocket science. You just have to be aware of what the um, the different elements are. And once you do, then uh, you're in a better position to judge. And then. We've got to be driving the bus. You know, it's really a question of, of really who's in control. And the media is not going to be telling you how to do it. We need to be educating um, our citizenry about this. Right. I'm going to have to leave it there. Art Silverblatt, thank you so much for being with us. Jessica Palomo, thank you for being with us. And uh, Deja Lawson, thank you for being with us. Media literacy. Better think about it, folks. <laughs>